welcome to day 122 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. We've been reading through the book of Judges, which is in many ways a very depressing book as you see Israel uh, move further and further from the heart of God. And of course, the underlying theme in the book of Judges in those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did uh, what was right in their own eyes. And, and of course, there was a king, God himself, and they didn't look to him, nor did they look, you know, to human leaders who had a heart, you know, for God, uh, as a gift would be later in the in the person of, of David. So we're in the life of Samson, and Samson, of course, is part of the downward spiral you see in the book of Judges. Uh, not only is the nation drifting further and further from God, but its leaders are drifting further and further from God. And what we see in Samson is someone who is more interested in uh, immediate gratification of his own needs than he is in serving, you know, the people of God or bringing unity to Israel. So his overall effect as a leader has is, is never been to unify the nation and turn their hearts to God. It's just been to inflict a few embarrassing moments on the Philistines. Uh, and we uh, come to the, the end of his story in, in chapter 16. I am Paul Kemp here with Matt Kresge and we couldn't get anybody to join us for this uh, <laughs> podcast. So this is our, our Skeleton Crew podcast uh, for the moment. So, so Either be our favorite or the worst. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, so Matt, why don't you desperately pray to the Lord yeah. for help for us and uh, uh, to offer this moment to the Lord as we read. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this time together. Uh, and we are thankful for the, your word thankful for time spent in it, knowing that every time we come to your word, you speak to us. And so, Father, we ask that you would use your word to accomplish all that you desire in us. Um, thank you that you um, you shape us and you transform us into the image of Christ. Uh, we thank you for Christ Jesus. Uh, as we read through the Old Testament, would it um, not just be familiar stories or old stories, but um, a reminder of um, the work of redemption, of everything points us to Jesus. Um, would we see you and your character and your heart? Would we see um, our salvation in this chapter? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Judges chapter 16. One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. People of Gaza were told Samson is here, so they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying at dawn we'll kill him. But Samson lay there, lay there only till the middle of the night. Then he got up and he took hold of the doors of the city gate together with the two posts, and he tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulder and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Sometime later he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So Delias said to Samson, Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied them with them. With the men hidden in the room, she called to them, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, you've made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. 
He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Delilah then said to Samson, all this time you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, If you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with a pen, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into fabric, and tightened it with a pen. And she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from sleep, and he pulled up the pen and the loom with the fabric. Then she said to them, How can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. My head were saved, my strength would leave me, and I'd become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, Come back once more. He's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. After putting to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called Samson, The Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shekel, they set him to grinding grain in prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to celebrate, saying, Our god has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their god, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste to our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him against the, among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can fill the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all of his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Then his brothers and his fathers and the whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Eshtal in the tomb of Manoah his father. He had led Israel for twenty years. We have, uh, of course, a weakness that we already noted was, uh, you know, Samson's uh, weakness for women. And David uh, you know, made the comparison earlier, you know, this week in the podcast, uh, how, you know, unfaithfulness is a picture, you know, the prophets used to, you know, talk about Israel's unfaithfulness, you know, to, to their God. And uh, we see him, you know, come in this particular instance and one more time be exploited, you know, by, by a woman. And, of course, the process is, is kind of an interesting process all, all the way through. 
we do have a, a prayer on his lips, you know, yeah. the first prayer on his lips. And again, it's not a prayer, you know, that you know, God would be glorified in this final moment, but that he would get vengeance for the loss of his two eyes. Yeah. You just see so much of the self-interest in Samson. And, we, and we've kind of watched that spiral as well. Yeah. Where, you know, the judges seem to, to judge or to rule on, on the basis of Israel and, you know, the good of Israel. And now for Samson, it's just, it continues to be all about him. And even that last prayer, that prayer of revenge is, you know, let me one more time, just get, you know, let me one blow to get revenge on the Philistines for my eyes. You know, not so much to let me deliver Israel again out of the hands of the Philistines. Right. But, but let me, you know, <laughs> it, it let me be justified in, you know, in this action essentially is what he's asking. Um, yeah, there's, there's no restoration of Israel. There's no, you know, unifying of Israel. There is no pointing you know, Israel, you know, back, you know, toward, toward the gods. They're just a few, you know, fanciful stories or wonderful yeah. story, not fanciful stories, wonderful stories of God intervening in spite of uh, the fleshliness of this, you know, guy and the weakness of this guy. And of course, the, in the middle of the weakness of Israel as, as well, God is still moving toward his intended purpose to restore and redeem all of creation uh, through the people of Abraham. And of course, at this point or this juncture in the story, it doesn't look very promising. Yeah. Israel looks like a very unlikely choice on the part of God, but it is God and the Spirit of God working uh, sovereignly. You know, as Samson does recognize in his prayer through these ugly circumstances to finally bring from this people, uh, you know, uh, a Messiah and from the Messiah to restore and renew. Uh, all of creation. Yeah, I remember studying this passage, and uh, you know, for Samson to rip the gates, you know, and to carry them uh, from Gaza to Hebron, that was, you know, they said that's about a forty-mile journey. You know, I, you just imagine the strength on this guy, and we've seen it in story after story. But you know, just pick up some gates, you know, do a little light jog. Yeah, miles no, and, just just go to your front door and <laughs> see if you can rip your front door off of yeah. its hinges, and then once you've ripped it off its hinges, to hoist it to your shoulders and walk half a mile yeah yeah it's uh, it is again you know quite remarkable you know what you know what god is doing and, and of course you have you have the heart of it you know she asked him you know how can uh, how can you be, be you know, rendered and tied up which yeah. is come on and she said, if you love me, you would give me the answer to this. <laughs> and Simpson needs to think, yeah, I said, if you love me, I don't know that you'd be asking this question, you know, so many times. And, yeah. of course, what they're paying her is tremendous, about 28 pounds of silver, you know, in order to do that, which is quite a fortune. She and her family would be set, you know, for the rest of her lives. You have to wonder if she may have been one among those reveling in the temple, uh, you know, who had gained the world and yet, you know, yeah. lost everything in this instance yeah and then that's the great irony of this whole chapter is when you begin to see how strong samson is you really begin to see just how weak he truly is yeah. you know and, and they said you know tell me the great secret of your strength and and then he goes on and he says because i've been a nazarite dedicated to god from my mother's womb and we've been reading and we're like oh he's not as dedicated as he thinks he is and finally that great you know kind of the great climax of this in verse 20 is you know he his head shaved and he he goes to lean back on that that incredible strength that can carry a gate mm -hmm. forty miles. I'll go out as before and shake myself free, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. All right, not a matter of hair, not a matter of bowstrings, not a matter of fresh ropes, not a matter of having you know the braids you know uh, 
woven into fabric in a loom with a pen in them. Uh, the, the guy is creative, you know, in, in, in all of his invention. It's a matter that the Lord has strengthened him, and the Lord now has, has left him. And, of course, there's the foreboding uh, and a kind of image of one day the uh, Lord also will leave his people. Yeah. And, you know, just as we're kind of wrapping up the story of Samson, I'm, I'm thankful that Christ is really the complete opposite of, of Samson. You know, he, he is the strongest. That's and yet right. He did not use that exercise of strength or his, you know, ability to, to carry a gate 40 miles. You know, but instead when he headed up a hill, you know, he headed up a hill carrying a cross. You know, and just, just to see the difference where Samson didn't, you know, where Samson seeks revenge through his death, you know, Christ seeks salvation. Not kidding. There's, so there's no boasting on his lips except for in his father and the love of his father. And uh, the use of his, uh, denies, you know, these, these very things, the use of his strength and the use of his power to satisfy his own needs. He, you know, completely, you know, trusts in, in God. And, and, of course, he uses that comparison when the Pharisees say, you're casting out demons by demons. And he talks about a strong man going to the house and subduing its owner, which is what he has done on our behalf in order uh, in a ter- you know, rescue us. Mm-hmm. So there is, uh, you know, one, you know, true hero uh, in, in all of Scripture, and this yeah. is pointing to him, kind of in a, in, in a negative, in a negative way. We yeah. will have a worthy rescuer who doesn't act on his own self-interest, but acts in the interests of others to bring many people into relationship with the Heavenly Father. Yeah. Father, thank you for who you are, and thank you for the Savior that you have given us. We thank you for the perfection of his beauty, majesty of his power, the grace in which he laid down his life uh, for the sake of others. And, and Father, may we be a reflection of his heart and character. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.